This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Let's talk a little recruiting, shall we, and the Oklahoma Sooners. Let's welcome in from Sooner Scoop, George Stoya, here on the Blitz 1170 from On3. What's up, George? How are you today, man? I'm fantastic. It's uh, draft day, which I always enjoy. I'm hoping... Uh, the Thunder trade up for Wimby. Um, I think that's what might be in the cards tonight. Wait a minute now. As a Spurs fan, I resent that, George. Come on now. <laughs> we, we, we can't have any of this happening now uh, at all. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what the Thunder do as well, whether or not they're going to try to maybe take some of those and move up if the deal is right to move inside the top 10 for, for someone else or uh, whether they're content to kind of stay there at 12 if the board ends up falling their way. I think it should be very interesting tonight because outside of the top three, I don't know if anyone really knows what the hell else is actually going to happen. Yeah, well, and especially with the Thunder. Uh, lots of smoke screens out there, and it seems like we never really know uh, what they're going to do. And the moment we think we do, they end up drafting the most predictable Thunder player ever. So um, we'll see what happens. And, and it's going to be fun, though. I, I always enjoy the NBA draft. I do as well. We got a lot to get to with these Sooners. So I will uh, kind of let you take the reins here on this uh, before we get into some of the commitments that have happened. Um, but what was the overall um theme coming out of champion barbecue and also the brent venables elite camp with some of the big names that were there from what you've heard from either attendees george or just what the chatter has been about how successful that that event was fully knowing that we may not know the full level of success until we get you know names that are actually committed to the university yeah well i I think first off you obviously have a lot of fans that i think they look at recruiting they say well we're all where are all the commitments and and you know we're we're so used to during the lincoln riley era they would get these commitments a lot of times in advance and and you know it wasn't until later that maybe they would get some last minute commitments now you know under brent venables this is where they start picking up steam is is in the summer uh, early fall, and then they even recruit all the way down to the wire like we saw last year with a couple guys. So this was a huge weekend for them, and they had some of the top guys in there. You talk about, you know, a David Stone, which everybody's talking about, the number one defensive line lineman in the country. You got Taylor Tatum, the number one running back in the country in there. Um, a, a lot of different guys that were that were at this event. Terry Bussey, um, you know, one of the top offensive playmakers in the country there. Uh, and from what I understand, everything went really well. Obviously, they got two commitments this past week: James Nesta, the linebacker out of North Carolina, um, and Dozy. And I'm not—I'm I'm, going to butcher his last name, but Dozy Izakunama, I, I believe is how you say his last name. Izakama, um, the wide receiver. Izakama. There yeah, you go. Yeah, uh, I, I got out of Fort Worth. Yes, yes. Uh, and so they've already gotten two commitments. I expect there's probably going to be several more f- from that weekend. Now, when those come, we'll see. But uh, I, I think it's going to end up being one of their most successful recruiting weekends, and they've got another big one uh, coming up this weekend with with several other guys coming in. So um, I, I think it's only going to continue to pick up steam. And, and like I've told people from the beginning, you know, the commitments may not be there right now, but I think you're going to see quite the run here before even the season gets going. We were talking to McQuistion last week about this very point, and at that time, six commitments. And you have to start living by what Brent Venables is preaching along with some of the calendar changes that we've had now to the recruiting cycle, which is Brent has been very open about like what his definition of commitment is, right? And he doesn't want them to fully commit until they know for a fact that they are going to go. So 
Uh, you kind of have to start to view it through the lens of how Brent Vittables does this and not necessarily get completely worried with overall numbers at a certain date on the calendar. Yeah, exactly. And and I think you'll see w- with that philosophy, you'll see less decommitments. Now, it may also mean that, you know, a guy like David Stone or some of these other guys that uh, may have wanted to commit this weekend. I'm not saying David wanted to commit this weekend, but for an example, you know, maybe they did and, and now they're going to go on these other visits and, and things things change, right, the, the longer it goes. But I do think once you get those commitments, you know those guys are all in, and that's the philosophy behind what they're trying to do. And, and I think something that will play a large role in this this year is, is can they go win football games? I think there's a lot of guys on this list that, that you look at and say, and they could end up a part of this class. I'm sure some of them want to say, hey, are they going to improve from what they were a year ago? I think you look at last year, the class that they were able to put together, I believe it was seventh in the country, uh, despite going six and seven, was pretty impressive. What what could it look like if they were able to go nine and three, 10 and two, 11 and one this season, kind of in that range that I think a lot of people think they might go? Uh, and so I think that that's what's going to be really interesting is how many guys can they get committed before the season? How many of them can they hold on through during the season, especially if they play well? And how many more guys can they close on if they do end up, uh, you know, finishing there, competing for a Big 12 title? Venables kind of hinted at this during the schedule release, but I'll get your thoughts on it. How much does having the three letters SEC uh, play a role in the upcoming 2024 class and not only stepping up the caliber of athlete, which everyone fully admits that they need to, but just kind of prestige as well with them heading in and being a part of something special, which is the first class where they will actually get to play in the SEC. Well, I think it's huge. I mean, talking to some of the guys that, you know, that they've offered and and some of the guys that have already committed, you know, that's part of their decision is, is wanting to play in the SEC. And I think there's a lot of those kids too, that, believe Oklahoma is going to be able to compete at a high level in that conference. I know that they're still a ways away from, from being at that, but I think there's guys that, that are considering OU because of where they're going to be playing here in a couple years, or I, I guess a year now. So uh, I think it's massive for, for the university and, and the players. They know what kind of you know teams that they're going to be able to go against. Uh, you know They've already started showing some of those guys, obviously the schedule that came out a couple weeks ago. So I, I think it's only going to continue to help them in recruiting. I mean, you look at the best players in the country, and yes, they want to go play for the Alabama and Georgias of the world, but they also want to go against the best talent, uh, and that's in the SEC right now. And so I think it's only going to help them moving forward. And, and I think that, again, this next year is going to be so massive for them in terms of the success they have on the field, uh, not only in recruiting, but just the momentum heading into the SEC. And then even that first year in the SEC – if they're able to get some of these 2024 guys in there uh, and compete at a high level in their first year, that's only going to help them again, going forward with 2025 and 2026. And I know it's crazy to think that far ahead with some of these kids, but um, you know, those offers are already starting to go out there for some of those, those kids that are, you know, three, four years away from playing at OU. It seems like there's been a lot of push, at least on the Bill Biedenboe front, with the number of offers that have gone out to to offensive linemen. Uh, and we've known that that's going to be a point of emphasis for them on both sides of the ball, building inside out. But right now it feels like it's uh, Bill Biedenboe and the offensive line's turn. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you've seen that there's been a few offers out there that I think that they were, you know, um, the favorites for early on, I think they've slipped a few of those guys. Now they're leading for a couple other guys. I think Casey Poe is somebody 
that they're really interested in. I know his visit went really well this past week. So I think that those will start coming. Obviously, they already have one commitment in Isaiah Autry, um, the offensive tackle. So I think that that's definitely somewhere that they're focused on. And, and like you said, in the trenches, that's where you win football games, um, not only in the SEC, but all of college football and, and really every level of football. So I think you're going to see that emphasis, obviously, on the offensive line. And Bill Bidevo has done a, a great job of recruiting up front. But the side that you really want to see it start coming together is the defensive line. And I know that that's where a lot of people have their eyes set on. Can they land you know, some of these top guys that they're competing against, you know, Georgia, Clemson, uh, Alabama, some of those top schools uh, that, that produce the top defensive linemen, those are where those recruiting battles are right now, um, which is kind of crazy to think that maybe Oklahoma could win a couple of those over those types of schools. And, and that's not something that, um, you know, we, we would have been saying just a few years ago. Tell me a little bit and what you've heard about the, the Nesta kid, the four-star linebacker that committed out of uh, North Carolina, who's going to do dual sports, who's going to play baseball there in Norman as well. Yeah, just a terrific athlete. Obviously, any kid that can go out there and play two sports like he can, uh, especially at a high level, it, it's hard to do. I think his instincts are really good at linebacker. I think they see him kind of probably sitting at, at inside linebacker. I know he also mentioned maybe playing some cheetah. It seems like they're recruiting a lot of guys uh, that think they can play the cheetah spot. So we'll see. And, and to play that spot, you obviously have to be extremely athletic, versatile, uh, and he definitely fits that mold. So it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up slotting in at, but I think that he could play inside or outside um, a big kid. I think he's what six one, two hundred five pounds, uh, and obviously has room to grow. So I think he's going to be super helpful and a guy that um, can definitely go sideline to sideline. And, and, you know, I, I think that some guys, some people see, you know, three star, four star, and they think, Oh, well, he's not a five star kid, but this kid, this kid can play. And he honestly reminds me a little bit of Danny Stutzman. He needs to put on a little bit more weight to get to that point. Um, but he's definitely a guy that kind of has those same instincts, very physical football player. And when you watch him play baseball, and you can see why he's such a great baseball player. I think he played a little bit of outfield, uh, and I think he's also a pretty darn good pitcher. So um, I think he's a guy that's going to be able to help them in, in both spots. And obviously we've seen that you know be successful here at Oklahoma in the past. George, so how big are the next couple of weeks through the July 4th weekend? If we talk about in terms of, of numbers, and I, you know, you can't put you know, any type of, of guess on, on official numbers, but make no, make no mistake about it, now through July 4th and that week is kind of one of the biggest weeks of the year and has proven to be for Brent Vittables and the Oklahoma recruiting staff. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect there to be, honestly, several more commitments before 4th of July um, you know, coming. I, I think that they sit in really good spots with three different running backs. Obviously, Taylor Tatum's been kind of the, the latest news. They're in a battle with USC for that. Another kid that, that's looking to play both baseball and football at Oklahoma. Um, I, you know, I, I wonder where his recruitment's at, if he's close to making a decision. Caden uh, Durham, uh, the kid out of um, Texas as well, he's, he's another running back that real speedster. I think that Oklahoma sits in a really good spot with him. And then, obviously, Xavier Robinson, the three-star running back out of Carl Albert, he's making his announcement just next week, I believe June, June 27th. And I think Oklahoma feels really good about where that's at. So you look at those three guys, it feels like any of those three guys can pop here uh, pretty soon. I even think David Stone. Uh, I know that he's, he said that he wants to go on a few more visits, but he's a guy that I wouldn't be shocked if, if he's committed um, somewhere by the end of July. Uh, so you're talking about a big month of July for Oklahoma. And like you said, you know, this weekend and the next weekend are two pretty big visit weekends for Oklahoma. 
I know they've got several more guys coming in. You mentioned the offensive linemen. I know they've got a couple in this weekend. So uh, I expect the momentum to continue. And, and, you know, I know Josh has said this too, but, um, you know, I I think that you could be looking at, you know, eight to ten more commitments um, before the season even starts. And and then you're really sitting good with your class with a few more battles to go throughout the season. And, and again, as I said earlier, if the season goes the way that they hope it does, uh, maybe they win some of those commitments at the last minute. We interrupt this Sooners uh, conversation with George Stoya to bring you the latest breaking news. According to Woj and Shams, Washington and Golden State are close to a trade sending Chris Paul to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. So we're wow. we're keeping an eye on that one right now. Evidently, this would include Jordan Poole and future draft assets. So the Warriors are basically saying, okay, re-sign Draymond Green or move Jordan Poole. They have made the decision evidently to re-sign Draymond and uh, ship Jordan Poole off to Washington for the rights to Chris Paul. We'll uh, have more on that coming up here in just a bit. Uh, I don't want you to give away too much of your story on on three. Um, uh, Josh, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry, George, but, um, you had a breakdown of, in your opinion, some of the freshmen that could contribute in 2023. Uh, give me just a little bit of a primer and a little bit of a hint about what people can find inside that story at on three about those that are, that people are really excited about, uh, on campus right now, moving into 2023 from the, from the young perspective. Yeah, well, first off, no offense taken for mistaking me with Josh. That means I'm giving good information. He's the information <laughs> king. Um, so I appreciate that. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I looked at all um, – I think there's 23 now. Obviously, Derek LeBlanc has transferred out. Uh, Keon Brown is, is, is going the JUCO route. Um, so I think they're down to 23 uh, true freshmen. And I just kind of went down the list and said, hey, these are the guys that I think um, could be serious contributors. Some of them, I think, could end up being starters by season's end. And, and then here's guys that – are probably a year or two away, probably going to redshirt this year. And, and, you know, it's guys like Jackson Arnold. How much do I think he's going to play? I think that obviously he's going to be the backup guy. I think we're going to see him maybe more than what you typically see with the backup quarterback. Um, you got P.J. Adebare. Uh, I think he's a guy that could end up being a starter by the, by the end of the year. I definitely think he's going to see some playing time. And then even a guy like Peyton Bowen, I think it's going to be hard to keep that guy off the field. I know that they brought in Reggie Pearson from Texas Tech, and I really like him. Obviously, Billy Bowman's back at safety as well. Uh, but from what we saw in the spring and even in the spring game with the, the play he made um, there on the interception, I, I just think by the, by the end of the year, it's going to be really hard to keep a guy like that off the field. So uh, just going through that entire list, there's obviously a lot of guys that I think are going to be great players in the future, like Phil Pachotti, uh, the linebacker. He looks phenomenal, but he's probably a redshirt kind of guy. Maybe he plays some special teams uh, and doesn't redshirt, but – I don't think we'll see a ton of him. That's a spot at linebacker that obviously they have a lot of depth and a lot of talent. So uh, just going through the list and seeing which guys that I think um, could be potential contributors this year versus guys that, you know, again, might be a year or two away. And final one, yesterday we were having our discussion about 2023 and before the uh, media poll was due to the conference. If you had to guess right now, and I don't know if you participated or not, but in your opinion, where do you think ultimately preseason media-wise that the Sooners will fall here uh, in the Big 12? That's a great question. Um, I did not vote. Uh, I Actually, I think I missed the email for that. I probably should have done <laughs> that. But, uh, you know, if I had to vote my top three, I would have Texas number one. Uh, I'd probably put 
Kansas State at two, mm-hmm. or at least that's where I think they'll be. I th- I actually probably put Oklahoma two. I think Oklahoma's going to be the second best team uh, in the conference this year. And then, but I do think OU will probably sit at three behind Kansas State. Maybe TCU's up there too, but I think they'll probably be around two or three uh, in the poll. I think a lot of people, you know, expect the Sooners. I mean, you, you look at their schedule. Uh, it, it's, it definitely is, is one of the easier ones we've seen for OU in several years. I think there's just a lot of question marks of how good uh, of talent did they get in the portal. I think a lot of people around here think they got great talent in the portal, but until we see them play, I think there's just too many question marks to, to obviously put them number one. Yeah, I ultimately had uh, – I'll kick myself for this. I just I, – mentally, I can't do it with Texas, man. I just can't. And, yeah. and and a lot of this was based off of just culture, which is why I put Kansas State, which is also a mouthful knowing what they lost last year. I had them at one. None of this will be correct. Texas at two and then at Oklahoma three. But, I, I, I mean, it's a combo. I think any of those can, can kind of slide in and out right there. So – we're all not that far off, and I, I assume it will be a combination of that through most people that ended up uh, uh, you know, voting in that damn thing in the first place. Dude, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for jumping on. Great information, as always. Uh, Sooner Scoop is the place where you can go and read all the latest uh, from that entire crew, and including, including George Stoya, who joins us here on the Blitz 1170. Dude, I appreciate you, and have fun watching the draft tonight. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. That is uh, George Stoya joining us here on the Blitz 1170 covering the Oklahoma Sooners. While we were in the midst of that interview, Woj Bomb. Warriors finalizing a deal, sending Chris Paul. Well, they get Chris Paul. The Wizards are going to send him there. Jordan Poole just signed a four-year, $128 million deal with the Warriors on October 15th of 2022. And now he gets to go to a place in Washington, basketball purgatory, as we mentioned yesterday. But Jordan Poole might take 50 shots a game now that he's in Washington. Because who the hell else is going to take shots for the Wizards next year in what is quite the salary dump? And, you know, they're talking about wanting to rebuild. Why not build around a young guy who's pretty good? Makes sense, right? Uh, that is correct. So the Warriors are sending Jordan Poole a protected first-round pick in 2030 and a second-rounder in 27 to the Wizards, along with the 2022 second-rounder Ryan Collins to Washington as part of the Poole CP3 deal, according to Shams. See, that 2030 just doesn't make sense because by then, Wimby will have already won three championships. From your lips to God's ears... We would all be better for it. Hashtag. Except Dion, who's going to be banging his head on the table every Friday. So I have a, I have a question. In terms of how this ultimately works with Golden State and Chris Paul, I know everyone's a tad bit older but I can't for the life of me how does the style of Chris Paul fit in with the Warriors if someone that in terms of pace wants to play at a much slower level than even what an older longer in the tooth version of the Warriors do I'm intrigued by this we shall see but the quest to get a ring continues for Chris Paul. 
And by God, the Warriors aren't done yet, are they? They might have been taking haymaker after haymaker over the last couple of weeks, but here they go one more time. All right, it's 225. Take a time out. We'll come back with more next here on the Blitz 1170. This Saturday, the Tulsa Oilers, 530 with a pregame here on the Blitz 1170 as they are in Massachusetts to take on the Pirates. Maybe they, Matt, can steal all of their booty and bring it back to Tulsa. 5.30 Saturday on the Blitz 1170 with the pregame show. We'll come back with more next. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.